Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Now, in the last few months, I've talked variously about the preparations that um, India made in the run-up to the Second World War, and the strategic position that India finds itself in between 1939 and 1940. But today I want to talk more about Afghanistan, and the reason why Afghanistan is such an interesting topic of exploration uh, in the late 1930s is because it is sandwiched between the Soviet Union and the British Empire. Afghanistan had obviously been um, a theatre between the great powers in the 19th century and it would intermittently be the same during the 20th century. But Afghanistan, as a sovereign nation during the 1930s, uh, was beset by dilemmas, especially as the world situation darkens towards uh, the end of the decade. As we know from previous recordings, in uh, September 1939, Lord Linlithgow, the Viceroy of India, declared war uh, on Germany uh, along with Great Britain but he did it unilaterally, he didn't consult uh, the Congress or any other uh, of uh, India's uh, political structures, the uh, the princely states or anything like that. He did it um, unilaterally. And right away, um, the deployment of Indian forces um, to uh, East Africa, the Middle East and, and Singapore... Uh, is used not only to uh, support the rest of the British Empire, but also to secure a kind of like a perimeter um, uh, around India. But the Af- uh, the situation in Afghanistan uh, occupied the thoughts of the uh, Indian uh, government and also in um, uh, Westminster. Now, I'm going to read from Srinath Raghavan's really excellent book, uh, India's War, um, and uh, here, um, Srinath Raghavan 
um, argues that the the weight of history, um, and particularly the history of Afghanistan, the Northwest Frontier, and all that, informed British decision making. He writes in the early months of the war, however. Britain did not draw on any additional Indian resources. London, as well as New Delhi, remained fixated on a traditional threat to India from Russia via Afghanistan. It was believed that with Britain locked out in a long conflict on the continent, Europe, uh, it would only be logical for the Kremlin to give a free rein to expansionist tendencies inherent in the character of the Soviet state, especially in areas of its traditional interests such as Afghanistan. The government of Afghanistan was even more apprehensive on this score. For several years it had hankered after a British guarantee against the threat of aggression from Russia. The Afghan Prime Minister had even visited London in 1937 to press for such a guarantee to no avail. Although desultory talks had been carried out until the eve of the war, London had been leery of any binding commitment. Britain did not want to tie itself down in advance in a fluid international situation. Moreover, it was well understood that the Indian Army, the chief instrument of ex for executing any guarantee, was in the throes of reorganisation and consequently was in no shape to assist Afghanistan. So in, the, uh, in March of 1939, uh, Britain and France guaranteed uh, Poland's uh, independence, or at least guaranteed to defend Poland in, in the face of aggression. Um, and this gave the Afghans hope that there would be a, a similar kind of provision offered to to them. The Poles were well aware that they faced not just the threat of Germany, but also the threat of the Soviet Union. And Afghanistan uh, imagined that it, it might be seen in a, a similar light, not out of it, any great charity on the part of the British, but they knew that the British would not want uh, Soviet forces on the Indian border. Um, they would not want, certainly, the Soviet Union being able to control Afghan air bases from which to bomb India. The British were prepared to offer a, a kind of a, a treaty of understanding, a, um, a non-aggression pact and a, an agreement of mutual consultations um, which uh, meant that uh, at the insistence of India um, that no troops were guaranteed to, to be deployed to Afghanistan. It might be, it could be argued that this was short-sighted in India's case um, and that deploying troops to Afghanistan might have been, in the event of a possible Soviet invasion, the wisest thing to do. This rather lacklustre uh, offer to the Afghans uh, came at the same time, roughly, uh, as the Nazi-Soviet pact in August 1939, uh, and thus rendering um, the, the um, gesture of goodwill pretty much meaningless. So once the war had broken out, um, Britain's Foreign Office uh, and the India Office, uh, both in London, began to look at Afghanistan more carefully. Um, the desire to preserve Afghanistan as a buffer state, an independent one, uh, was, uh, was essential to the defence of India uh, and to the defence of the British Empire overall. The shock of the Nazi-Soviet pact had, sent, uh, had reverberated throughout Europe and America and obviously Great Britain 
And prior to it being signed, it was hard to believe, really, that the Soviet Union, gripped in its own inner turmoil and uh, bloody internal violence, would present much of a threat to its neighbours. Stalin was uh, traditionally fixated not on Afghanistan, but on Poland, Germany and, and Japan. But in the minds of military planners in London and then in Delhi, the Nazi-Soviet pact meant that all bets were off uh, and that uh, no assumption uh, could be safely relied on. Um, And this actually meant that Afghanistan had more leverage. Um, It was important now to keep Afghanistan on the side of Great Britain. Um, And Germany throughout the 1930s had um, developed increasing... Uh, commercial interests in Afghanistan. There were uh, significant numbers of German technicians and engineers uh, in the country. And obviously there was a a well-established intelligence operation there with um, information being um, fed back to Berlin and also diplomatic um, ties that could pull Afghanistan closer into a German orbit. India sent a military mission to uh, Kabul and it was hinted or intimated that if a crisis did happen that the British and Indians would actually commit troops to Afghanistan to ensure its um, notional independence. The Afghans were of course keen to avoid antagonising the Soviet Union. Um, The Soviet Union were not imminently... Uh, looking to attack Afghanistan. But the situation that normally befalls countries who accept defence pacts uh, when they exist wedged between two empires is that the assistance from outside alone can sometimes decide the country's fate. Uh, And so the uh, Afghan Prime Minister was... Um, happy to procrastinate, to uh, avoid being seen to be um, outwardly uh, allying itself with hostile powers to the Soviet Union. But um, in early November 1939, when the Soviet Union invaded Finland, um, the Afghans were uh, shocked again. So these two game changes, the Nazi-Soviet Pact in August 1939 and the invasion of Finland in November 1939 showed that the uh, the view of the Soviet Union was fast becoming uh, obsolete, that it was um, a kind of a, a sleeping giant that uh, is best not to awaken. Well, the reality for the Finns was the, the giant was awoken and uh, ready to act. It just so happens that uh, everything had gone particularly badly for the um, uh, Russians in Finland uh, during the Winter War of 1939-40. When uh, the Brigadier G.N. Molesworth, um, who was the Director of Military Operations uh, in India, uh, was sent to Afghanistan to find out precisely what the Afghans needed, he quickly learned that there were no plans at all uh, no contingency plans for an emergency. Uh, so nothing really to base Afghanistan's needs on. Um, during the first, during and after the first meeting, uh, the Afghans drew up a long shopping list of uh, military material, aircraft, tanks, and all the other stuff of modern warfare. 
um, where the reality was that um, planning, training, structure uh, and organisation would generally have done uh, an awful lot more. It was air attacks that occupied the thoughts of the British and the Indians. Um, the idea that the uh, Red Army might be able to cross the Afghanistan and then into um, India itself was seen as uh, as fanciful. It would probably the terrain would make it impassable. But aircraft could bomb Indian cities. Uh, and this would cause uh, devastation to the British Empire in India and beyond. And the Indian government in 1939, had one anti-aircraft battery uh, consisting of eight three-inch guns. Um, so you'd have been hard-pressed to shoot down uh, a single fighter aircraft uh, on, on that basis, and there were indeed no fighter aircraft whatsoever. Now, if you recall, I've, I've talked about um, Britain's defence of the Far East recently. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, and Britain's Defense of the Far East, uh, from everything that I, I've read, and I've read a considerable amount on the subject, um, showed how the um, how underprepared for the Japanese onslaught um, British were, and potentially how underprepared underprepared they would have been for a Soviet onslaught in Asia too. And the reason for this is that the British Empire from at nineteen in nineteen nineteen reaches its uh, its zenith its um, uh, its zenith in terms of territory. And also, uh, it is an enormously indebted empire after the First World War. So, uh, greater commitments, uh, far less finance and capital to go around, um, and also uh, far less uh, manpower in that the First World War had killed off an entire generation of uh, men who would have been imperial administrators and imperial soldiers, or the, the good ones anyway. So you have an, an immensely weakened empire 
that, um, for example, can't provide the jewel in the crown of the empire, India, with anything like adequate air defences. And it's a, this is a big clue as to why Japan is able to advance so rapidly across the, the Asian British Empire uh, in late 1941, early 1942. Even uh, a light air attack would exacerbate internal security problems in India um, and lead to uh, open rebellions which were close to exploding into uh, life uh, by the early 1940s anyway. The Japanese reckoned on this same strategy that uh, India probably didn't need to be invaded by uh, a dozen Japanese divisions all it needed was for some set-piece battles to go in Japan's way along the Indian border and uprisings would spark themselves, uh, thus unseating the British from their uh, treasured imperial possession, ending British world power and creating a new useful client state there that the, the, the Japanese could have some claim to having liberated. If domestic uh, uprisings robbed Britain of its vast army of Indian labour and military manpower, India might have to be garrisoned by British troops from Europe or Australian troops or New Zealand or Canadian troops, uh, thus drawing manpower away from other important theatres. So um, India um, presented the possibility of a, a catastrophic crisis in uh, imperial planning. From London, the British Foreign Office and War Office looked on uh, at the, uh, the Winter War in Finland and drew conclusions from it. On the 6th of December, uh, writes Srinath Ravagan, uh, on the 6th of December 1939, the Foreign Office circulated a memorandum arguing that Russia was well poised for an expansionist policy towards Afghanistan. Such a move would clearly enjoy the full support of Germany. Moscow could aim to grab parts of northern Afghanistan either by an outright military attack or by a combination of military pressure, political intrigue and propaganda. The Red Army had shown itself quite capable of occupying territory against an enemy unprovided with the means of with modern means of defence. Whilst an, while an attack on India uh, was still seen as improbable, Soviet penetration into Afghanistan would be a definite advantage in this direction and would deal a grave blow to Britain's prestige. Days before the Finnish surrender, uh, the chiefs of staff insisted that Germany and the Soviet Union have for the moment common interests in achieving the disruption of the British Empire, important parts of which could be attacked from Russia. Germany would be willing to provide such assistance as the Russians would be willing to accept. The Afghans didn't want to commit to anything that the British proposed without knowing fully what the British intended to do in the case of a Russian attack. It wanted clear definitions um, and didn't want to wind up uh, inviting a, a Soviet attack and then having the British back out at the last minute. When in the spring and summer of 1940 the German army swept across the Low Countries and France. Um, the view that Afghans had of the British uh, and their military prowess and their ability to defend Afghanistan 
began to dramatically decline. Uh, younger Afghan nationalists within the Afghan government uh, began to question whether there was it was right to um, tilt towards Britain to favour Britain uh, in the uh, the combatant great powers. Uh, there were numerous examples uh, across the Islamic world from Egypt uh, to Iraq. Uh, all the way to Afghanistan uh, of um, and Palestine of um, nationalist sympathies, not falling uh, with German, not falling in with Germany out of any sense of affinity, but a sense of uh, either the enemy of my enemy is my friend, or um, who can confer upon us the greatest opportunities for. Uh, self national self-determination. When France fell and the British Expeditionary Force was evacuated from Dunkirk, Afghanistan um, looked to Britain with uh, a sense of disbelief and, and, and horror. Uh, the uh, British offered um, a token uh, arms supply of 5,000 rifles and ammunition uh, to be sent from India. But the, it was actually turned down by the Afghans, who wanted either uh, a significant uh, amount of arms um, worthy of justifying the risk of provoking the USSR, or, or nothing at all. Srinath Raghavan writes, It was evident that Kabul now sought to defuse the Russian threat by other means. The first indication of this was the signing of a trade agreement with the Soviet Union towards the end of July 1940. Over the next few months, the threat of Soviet invasion of Afghanistan visibly receded. Okay, so eventually there is no invasion. Uh, And in a way, whether there is an invasion or not, that's slightly beside the point. Because what this story tells us is a, a change in power relations within the British Empire and within the British Empire's satellites. Here you have Afghanistan, a country that in the 1840s saw offer a, a British invasion uh, and roundly humiliated the, the British, um, and that was a country that was fiercely in, independent, but nevertheless... Uh, fell within uh, an overall uh, British sphere of influence or British Indian sphere of influence. But by 1940, was actually um, saw it was wiser to turn down um, whatever lukewarm offer of British help was on the table. Um, this tells us that uh, the, the view that the Afghans had of the British as being a safe military bet and uh, a state to ally itself with uh, is in decline, not just because of the weaknesses of the British Empire, but also because of the realities of the Second World War uh, up until 1942, late 1942, early 1943. The British far from cover themselves in glory. And it is the, um, the setbacks, the losses, the defeats and the disappointments that send a message to much of the rest of the world that um, the British, as uh, a great power, uh, have taken a, a, have gone into into decline, and that the British aren't really 
uh, the great power that they had been a century beforehand. Uh, and if the Afghans had been able to observe this and it had shaped Afghan policy towards the British and towards the Soviet Union uh, and had uh, moved Afghanistan to a more, much more conciliatory position with the Soviet Union, um, looking to trade, looking to de-escalate things, then certainly that same reality would have been observable from much of the rest of the world. And it's particularly observable by the Americans um, who are aware that Britain no longer really commands the place in um, what the world that, that it once did. In reality, the plan to defend Afghanistan, uh, creating a defensive line at Kabul and a second one in the Helmand province, was uh, when the uh, British War Ministry uh, looked at it and the Treasury, wildly unrealistic, and would have involved a huge concentration of manpower, material and money. Finally, a watered-down and um, very um, light, um, uh, manpower-light plan to defend Afghanistan uh, emerged, um, one without aircraft. Um, and Whitehall essentially said that India would have to make do with the forces that it had been allocated to defend Afghanistan and, I quote, accept the risks involved in operations undertaken with relatively small forces and without air support, um, i.e. annihilation. And the British would learn in places like Norway uh, that to their um, ultimate um, chagrin that relatively light forces without armour artillery or air cover were doomed to defeat um, anyway we're going to finish that i hope you've enjoyed this and do remember if you want to um, support the explaining history podcast please check out our patreon page we rely on a little trickle of ad revenue and the generosity of our patrons thanks very much all the best bye-bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.